You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everyone and welcome to the nerd room where we talk all things comics and movies this is episode number 57 we're discussing all of the recent news from the comic book film and tv world i'm your host tim i'm troy and back by unpopular demand it's sunjay i always love your intros <laughs> i spent the whole day thinking about this one yeah. just back and forth what should i do what should yeah. i do i was kind of nervous my palms are sweaty my knees are weak my arms are heavy <laughs> how's your guys week been as you can tell, I've been pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good week, man. I've smashed a lot of comics. Yeah, I've gone through nice. quite a bit, so uh, I feel good. I feel like I'm back at myself, back back my own body now. Yeah, again, in these yeah. comics. You yeah. had a big run there, a couple weeks huge ago, right? run. Actually, I didn't even finish all of it. I still got a couple of uh, Old Man Logan issues to go through. Oh, okay, but uh, yeah, it feels good to be back and reading these things, man. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I agree. I'm back into it as well. I yeah. found myself in the depths of Star Wars and back into Marvel, and actually enjoying a few of the series here. Nice. Wow. But this week we're gonna do kind of a news round. Up. We've missed quite a bit of news over the last couple of weeks because we've been doing our top most anticipated films and the wrap up for the end of the year and all the Rogue One talk. So there's a lot of comic book, movie and TV news that we need to get to here. So we're going to spend the entire episode kind of running through that, going through some of our favorite comic books from the last little while and doing our comic book of the week, the Nerd Room comic book of the week and getting through a lot of the recent TV and movie news from the DC, Marvel and Star Wars universe. You know, speaking of Star Wars, a uh, big first for me in the uh, Sanjay household. My first Star Wars non-movie memorabilia pickup. I That's saw right, I saw yeah. it on Twitter. you got to follow this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I snagged it at Walmart. So I was there, and they're promoting the new like uh, Rogue One and uh, Force Awakens 3D. So they have this display stand, and it has this really cool topper on it. It's like this cardboard with uh, kind of like the Rogue One scene where it has like all the island plants and those... Tie fighters flying by. Look at you go! Yeah, Got that vocabulary going on. I now know, with Star Wars I know. This is what happens. I hang around you guys. Yeah. It's kind of like the common cold. I caught it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so no, I'm a big fan of those cardboard toppers. They always put them out for promoting movies. So I have the Batman v Superman, and now I have the Rogue One. So uh, hope to continue on. If Walmart can give them to me for free, I'll keep taking them. I'm thoroughly jealous. How did you actually get that? Because I've gone in before and asked for Force Awakens one, the whole big display with BB-8 and all that. They're like, sure, you can have it. Just come back in a week or so. I come back in a week and it was in the bin. Like they'd gotten rid of it. <laughs> well, I went to customer service and the guy's like, well, you got to ask electronics department. So I go to electronics and then I'm just like, hey, I talked to customer service. They said I can have this if you have any objections. <laughs> and they kind of looked at me stunned. They're like the whole thing. And I'm like, no, it's just the topper. And they're like, yeah, go for it. Like, we're just going to throw it out. So no one's going to miss it. Yeah, I don't know why they just don't like put those somewhere and auction them <laughs> auction off. Them yeah, off. it'd be like, brilliant. Just put all the money towards charity. Because like, yeah. you definitely get people coming in and buying them. Because they're really cool displays. Like, Absolutely. It's the things that all the Blu-rays and all that go on. And yeah, I would love to have those. the action figure displays. Even yeah. the, the big yeah. signs above and all that. Like, they're really cool and really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, it'd be really cool to have the display. And then I could put all, what, nine Star Wars movies on there now. Like, it'd be really cool to have that. Because it looks like a store. I mean... Yeah, they should definitely do that. Yeah, Walmart, Toys R Us, Best Buy. If you're listening, do Get it. On it. Hook it up. Yeah, yeah. we'll uh, be the auctioneers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into some comic book news. And I'm not a DC reader, as everyone. Whoa, whoa, knows whoa! You're here. not? No, no, no. Shocking. <laughs> but I did see a recent news article that said Superman's costume is back, and I have <laughs> no idea what this means. He seems to be floating around here in the image I've got here in front of me. In his normal super gear, without the the red under ruse. Yeah. But can you guys enlighten me a bit of what this new costume is? Because I thought he was in jeans and a t-shirt in the new Rebirth. That was New 52 he started off. Yeah, New oh. 52 he started off. I think it was in Action Comics. Action yeah. Comics he had uh, the yeah the blue t-shirt going on, the farm boy look. Yeah. But then when you go to Superman New 52, he was in like the armored kind of Kryptonian oh, looking okay. gear. Yeah. yeah. So what's this about then? <laughs> so basically, he gets red boots. That's pretty much the only thing different. Yeah, this Clark's this is the original Clark before New Fifty Two, right? So oh, okay, so this is like yeah, the pre Fifty Two, the pre New Fifty Two, the, the, the Fifty Two is dead, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I did read that issue yeah. where he kind of crumbled into nothing. Well, exactly. Well, there still is a Clark Kent running around, and they haven't really solved that. Yeah. So that's I think true. they're coming up with some crossover issues that's coming up to really put that to bed. But yeah, yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting. I was reading Action Comics, and Superman's talking to his son. 
and he's saying like oh you know the red underwear was just for decoration and then i wore the black suit because i was working in the shadows and i wanted to be not seen and i was i think that's kind of cool so retconning a bit of the old yeah armor, the old suits and that yeah I, I, yeah i don't really like it actually to be honest just because um i'm not a fan of like iconic heroes like a superman a batman or spider-man changing their gear so often like we just got a costume design from rebirth not that long ago so for them to switch the costume already shows they didn't have faith in the original costume in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like that he has red boots because it bothered me before the last costume. <laughs> it was just too much blue going on. Yeah. Because um, this Superman goes by Clark White. So uh, he also had the black costume going on too, like you mentioned, which was like kind of similar to the one that he had when he had the mullet way back in... Oh, uh, I love the mullet. The, the Return of Superman yeah. there. Yeah. But no, th- this costume is great. I just don't like the belt, to be honest. The only thing I don't find uh, that nice is the belt. The, the yellow and the red doesn't work for me where that, that, that yellow sits yeah because yeah. you kind of have like a Wonder Woman look a Wonder Woman looking kind of W going on oh with okay the, yeah that belt and then you have the, the yellow but just nitpicking but it's, it's fine it looks like Superman yeah you know? do you guys know why he originally wore the red underwear wasn't it to do with like the strongmen like back yeah, in the days yeah. inspired by like the strongmen yeah the Siegel and Schuster were big fans of the uh, circus strongmen so that's mm-hmm. why they put it on to keep with that look so interesting I think they should go back to it it's so iconic if you like a Spider-Man has a different costume or Captain America like Superman is the first superhero and you know that costume lasted for 75 years or however long and I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't fit in the modern era. No, it really doesn't. I, I don't know. I think it still does. I think it still holds that like gravitas, that weight. Like it doesn't fit in the movies. They've already explained away the red underwear. If he were to come out, like if uh, Henry Cavill comes out in Justice League and he's wearing red underwear, <laughs> he just wears it underneath the costume. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it looks. It would be kind of weird. I mean, Batman, same thing, right? He used to have the trunks over his suit, but now we've grown to like like his costume the way it is. Yeah. I don't think you really need the the black trunks or the red trunks and. In this case, but I, I see what you mean. It is classic, but I think the same time pre-New 52, that was the problem with DC is they were very set in their ways. It wasn't very modern, whereas you had the Ultimate Universe and the Marvel 616 Universe that was adapting to the times. So I think Superman, it's the right step in the right direction, I guess, basically. Does anyone still wear underwear? Of all the superheroes, is there any that are still, like, underwear on the outside? I don't think so. I think it's very passe now. Like yeah. It's, it's not of the time. Yeah, I don't no. think Century, <laughs> Century, I think Century just had a big belt, eh? No, he did have the he big underwears. Ha- he did, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. Because yeah. that was just, yeah, a carbon copy of a Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he's gone by the wayside. Yeah. So, speaking about Marvel Comics here a little bit, I am a, a big fan of digital. And I know you guys don't particularly dive into the digital end of comic books. I really like the idea of getting a physical copy and also a digital copy that I can put into a collection and read while I'm on vacation or read while I'm on my commute and I don't have to get out the physical copy. I'm still a collector at heart. I love having the stacks of comics in the long boxes, something I can pull out and flip through and look at. But what Marvel's doing now is they're changing how they've done their digital comics. So since 2011, more or less when I got into heavy comic book reading, Marvel comic books have always come with a free digital copy. And that's almost to justify this $3.99 price tag that they went across the board at yeah. one point. Because DC, I don't know, they're still doing two ninety nine books. Two ninety nine, yeah. except for events or All Star Batman is four ninety nine. Oh man, yeah, that yeah. one's up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the, that justification, I could always see that and and justify that in my head because I was getting this digital copy. But what they're doing now, starting February two thousand seventeen, so within a couple of weeks here, is those codes are going away. And what you're getting, you're still getting a digital code, but it's not going to be for the book that you buy. It's going to be for three different books, and it's going to change every week, and it's going to be promoting either an event or a different comic book. So the first three digital copies you're going to get is Civil War number zero, which is a free comic book day, I believe. Wolverine number 66, so the first issue of Old Man Logan, and the Captain Marvel number one issue. Whoa, whoa, so across the board, no matter if you buy a Thor, an Iron Man, a Hulk, you'll still get just three books. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be specific books have those three, but those are going to be only three and they're going to change week to week. So whatever book you get that has a digital copy with it, you only get those three books that they've selected from their broad spanning library of books. Okay. So it seems to be a way that they're trying to promote their trade paperbacks and there was a release from one of the vps that says we're trying to kind of drive people back into the comic book shops to buy the physical copies but i think this might have the opposite effect of that it may drive people towards digital yeah yeah or Not drive people totally away from the comic book industry. Like, like I don't think you're ever going to get away from physical copies, but you're going to see that really dwindle here because they're going to, they're asking people to choose one or the other, yeah. and they're choosing convenience 
over going to a shop. Like I still enjoy going to the shop and I'm still always going to do that, mm-hmm. but I'm at real crossroads here. I don't know what I'm going to do because I do like having the digital copies. And I always thought, and I could always justify that 399 price tag because I was getting the digital copy that I could put into my library. Like I do the same thing with movies. Yeah. I only buy movies with digital copies for that exact reason. Right. So I can travel with them or whatever. But I don't know what to do here. Like, do you guys got any suggestions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Switch to DC. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bogus. So how much is it for a digital copy? Three ninety nine, same price, oh, same and it's price. also it's three ninety nine American, right? So yeah. even the digital copy in the Canadian section of the app, mm-hmm. you're still paying like four fifty. Right? That's bogus. Well, so if you want to double up on your Captain America number six, you have to yeah. buy it essentially twice. Oh yeah, wow, that's, that's that's horrible. You you travel a lot, right? So I mean, not all the time you can pull out your physical book. I don't know if you might make the switch to hundred percent digital. I really don't know because that's when I get a lot of my heavy reading done. Is when I'm sometimes doing my commute. I'll, I'll take a week take a week off listen to podcasts or books or whatever and just read comic mm-hmm. books and when i'm traveling i'm going traveling tomorrow yeah. and i had planned on taking or i do plan on taking a good chunk of my library that i'm backlogged on and right. reading those on the airplane but yeah. going forward i'm not going to have that opportunity to do that yeah. and i just don't know what That's i'm going to do especially if you want to go back and just reread an issue yeah because yeah. i don't like yeah. opening up the, no. the, the, the board bags yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah i agree like i like picking them up and looking at them mm-hmm. but Taking the tape off the back often wrecks. It's the, painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like it's it's really weird. And there is a petition out there right now that people are signing to try to get Marvel to revert back to what they are doing currently yeah. with their digital copies. Because I just think it's completely bogus. Like it, it really, yeah. really bothers me to the core that they're actually doing this for whatever reason. Like there doesn't seem to be a solid reason behind it. No, I always liked what they did too. I thought that's kind of a step up above DC. Because I mean, Sanjay, you would know more so than me, but how's DC with it? Their digital copies? They don't have any digital copies. Behind. Yeah, they yeah. don't. You you either have uh, the physical at two ninety nine or the yeah. digital. I assume at two ninety nine. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I just never been a digital guy. I've just been a regular Same. physical copy kind of guy, and right. I think I'll always be. I mean, digital has its purpose, I guess. Um, I'm starting to dabble a little bit more into it, but uh, I'll always be the uh, paperback reader. So. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, the Star Wars, is this the same for Star Wars? Or? Across the board, Marvel. Would be for Marvel, yeah. yeah. See, something like this wouldn't really persuade me to get into digital now. Like, this would kind of steer me away from it, right? Yeah. See, yeah. where I'm going the opposite direction because yeah. I'm a fan of it. So right. I, I'm, I'm a collector at heart, so I, I think that I'm always going to stick with the physical copies. Yeah. But I'm just not going to have that ability to keep up with as many series. So I'm either going to have to pull back or end up with stacks of comic books. Right. Or you can get the uh, trades... Yeah, see, I'm not a big fan of trades when I can get the physical. Like, I like collecting individual issues. Even going back to old series, old runs, I like getting the individual issues over getting the trade paperback. Like, if I can get a trade paperback for really cheap, say, for Civil War, like, I have the trade paperback for Civil War, Mm -hmm. but also have the whole series in single issue. Wow. Like yeah. the original Civil War. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the, one of my collections amongst the many mm-hmm. collections. Yeah. 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 But again, I like that aspect of it. And so trades is another option is mm-hmm. physical copy and trades. But so it, it's really weird. Like yeah, I'm is. really, really like heartbroken over this. It really <laughs> bothers me. You might have to uh, go to like the flea markets or the comic shows to pick up some of these issues like cheaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they, you can do that with the comic book shows, right? Like they do end up sometimes having the backlogs, but you can't get those key issues. Like no. you can't get the big issues. You no. can't get event issues. So it's hard to do that. You can do that. And I have done that in the past where you go to comic book shows and the sellers have gone to comic book shops and bought their overstock, right? Yeah. So when you end up with, you know, 400 Avenger number ones at a single comic book shop yeah. and they only sell 200, they buy them at a discount and sell them at a price for a buck 50. Right. But right. you can't count on that to get your stacks, no. right? Especially no. the Star Wars. You never see them That's go true. under retail in these bargain bins. The trades display well, though. They that's, do that's display really well. Yeah. 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 So that's unfortunate. Yes. And <laughs> while we're talking about comic books here, let's lay down our comic book picks of the week. I'm a little disheartened with Marvel. <laughs> so I'm going to let you run down your first comic book pick of the week, Sanjay. All right. We need like a theme song of this, like comic book pick of the week. Pick of the week. Trademark Tim and Sanjay and Troy. All right, uh, my comic book pick of the week, Wonder Woman Rebirth number 14. Nice. So great issue. Uh, Wonder Woman Rebirth has done something different. They've run two different stories congruently. So every even issue has been uh, the Wonder Woman year one, and every odd issue has been a brand new uh, story. So this is the finale of the year one issue, uh, or the year one story arc, sorry. Uh, it's been great. Uh, good writing. Um, I really loved reading this. The MVP was definitely the art. There's about three or four splash pages that are just amazing that you have to check out. If you're going to see the movie, 
This is a retelling of her origin. I highly recommend you check it out. And those splash pages of issue 14, there's about three or four of them where I just stood at, or I just stared at it for five minutes. I'm like, wow, this is amazing art. Like whoever drew this needs a raise and needs to do like all DC comic books because <laughs> it was fantastic. That's awesome. I love that idea how they, uh, they do an issue, um, basically like a, a year one and mm-hmm. they go back to current time. As opposed to making for more money to buy like another issue, right? That's that's awesome. Yeah, so not yeah. splitting up the comic exactly. books into two different books. That's, that's great. Yeah. yeah, it's similar to what Star Wars is kind of doing, mm-hmm. right? Where they're telling other stories within that larger Star Wars yeah, book. That's right. So it's all encompassing stories. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good because they come out every two weeks, so it's not like you have to wait two months for like the next uh, storyline. So it comes out once a month each storyline. So it's just like that's regular cool. how it used to be. So so does the uh, like the year one? Does it kind of change the course of the new 52s be telling because remember they had a little arc where they told her like origin story too yeah they did change it a bit okay. um definitely it's dif- different than the new 52 version but right. some stuff's the same some stuff's different aries makes an appearance nice. so the uh, old man Ares? uh Ares? no Ares no this, this is back to the uh godlike aries oh, okay, so, yeah cool. it's different art than yeah. the uh, new 52 so yeah. check it out if you've ever been a fan of wonder woman or if you're thinking of getting into Wonder Woman, you know, her comic books have just blown me away. She's now up there with Batman, Superman, Aquaman for favorite comic book hero. Nice. Yeah, so she's been killing it in the comics, and hopefully she kills it in the movies. Yeah, I really liked her New 52 run, so I'll have to check that out. Oh, that's my favorite New 52 comic. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Troy, what do you got for your comic book yeah. pick of the week? Pick of the week. Keeping it DC, too. Ooh, uh, pick Nightwing. of the week. Yeah, oh. Nightwing number 10, uh, written by Tim Seeley and art by Marcus Two. Uh, the art is fantastic. That's what sold me for this uh, this issue. It's Nightwing. He's back in his roots, actually, which is cool because um, the Nightwing rebirth, it was kind of still amongst the New 52 where he's like an agent, but he's back in his Nightwing gear, whereas now like he's gone back to Bloodhaven, which he's never done so far in the DC universe, so that's really cool. And it's like him discovering Bloodhaven, but him discovering himself, he really feels like the Nightwing before the, the New 52. Um, so it's, it's just a great issue. I, I like what they've done. He's like a cooler Peter Parker, which I've always been fascinated by his character because he's like, yeah, he's like a cool guy, but he's acrobatic, but he's Batman at the same time. So with more fun. So yeah, go check out this issue, issue number 10. I'm actually up to issue 13 right now as well. I think it's like a four part story arc. So um, go check it out. So they've been promoting this in the back or in the middle of the Rebirth books. And it's like really cool. Bloodhaven kind of looks like that uh, Blade Runner, kind of like the neon noir yeah batman beyond like little yeah too. yeah so can i just jump in at number 10 and start from there or do i have to go back yeah you really can i actually feel like issue 10 should have been issue one of rebirth oh okay like you could totally skip the other stuff because they do kind of mention what happened leading up to this but again it's, it's him being a superhero again as opposed to being like this double agent uh spy which i wasn't really the biggest fan of this is like nightwing back to his roots so nice yeah. I, I really love the new 52 nightwing especially death of the family oh see that's yeah. great it's, it's cool yeah. up until it becomes a, an agent of spiral yeah. yeah that's when i kind of didn't check really like it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah i used to pick it up and maybe i'll pick it up again so. yeah and, and like i right. said the art marcus too this guy is fantastic awesome yeah. intrigued yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> very much so tim what are the chances of you picking up a dc book you know come to the dark side you have a lot of angst with marvel I lately do. i do stanley will forgive you he came to dc and wrote some books for us so uh come on i'm still teetering on the edge here i might check some of these out i'll go a little bit deeper into our compo picks of the week for the next couple of weeks and just see what you guys produce and nice. if i'm intrigued there's a tv show i want to talk about on the dc side that has got me thoroughly interested in their cinematic tv universe crypto on, right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for my pick of the week this week i'm sticking with marvel and i'm going to the captain america c rogers number seven your boy oh i've been nice. raving about the series for the last couple of weeks and this issue in itself is incredible i absolutely love this story arc here with steve rogers as a hydra agent it's a lot different than i thought it was going to be it's not him as like a hydra crony just going out and doing whatever the red skull says yeah they're retelling a lot of his origin and it's eventually it's going to be fixed like they're going to go revert back oh, of assume. course but the way they're doing it, and I'm really looking forward to the eventuality of him turning into Captain America and going through joining the Avengers and the events of the war and how they're going to integrate that all. It's a really cool twist on one of Marvel's oldest stories. Right. And I thought I was going to hate it, but it's awesome. This issue number seven, it's tagged with a number one. To I guess it's telling you that it's a new story arc. But I'd have to say go back to the start and read from one forward. Right. Because you need that backing of what's going on. You almost need Avengers standoff as well to really understand what's yeah, going on in this comic book. Yeah. It's kind of ingrained in that story arc, what's happening with Steve Rogers in this book. But it's an awesome storyline. 
don't be afraid of the fact that Steve Rogers is an agent of Hydra now, and it's something completely different. Like I know they've changed a lot of the status quo in Marvel recently, but this really benefits from that. It's a really cool take on a character that could become stale over time. I find that every so often they go through this Captain America renaissance where they have a writer that does something completely different. This was like what they did with the Bucky, the Winter Soldier storyline, right? Mm -hmm. They picked up, they did something completely different. They rewrote a history for a character. And they're doing the same thing here. Like, I know they're going to revert back, but at the same time, I'm really enjoying what they're doing. So my pick of the week is Steve Rogers, number seven. Nice, nice. Are you all caught up with this uh, this series now? Yeah. So he, he plans on basically overtaking Red Skull now, right? Like, he wants yeah. to run Hydra for himself. Yeah. Is that correct? Oh, and you can cool. see that there's some altruistic nature of Steve Rogers still in there. Like, he's yeah. not just this evil dude. Like, right. he's not like a villain. He seems to be almost an anti-hero. Like, yeah. he has these values of Hydra ingrained in him, but he's not taking them like the Nazi type. Like, right. want to kill everyone. It's more about making the world a better place. And I'm sure we'll get down a path where he has to make a choice, and yeah. this is maybe what reverts him back or something right. to that effect. Maybe, maybe Miles Morales, because like, we are going to get that fight, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, so there's, there, they do tease the events through this whole book of what's going on in Civil War, what he's doing in the background, and yeah. something bigger with Miles Morales. That, nice. that scene that we did see in Civil War isn't necessarily what was going to happen right then and there. Yes. It's more what's going to happen down the future. Down the road. Oh, I love that. So nice. there's a lot of cool stuff going on in that comic book. Yeah. And nice. with that even, there's been this tease from Marvel for this next event they're going to. They're, this Monsters Unleashed comes out this week. It mm-hmm. drops, so it's going to be interesting to see. Yep. But coming out in the spring, I believe, is this new event that they're calling Secret Empire. Ooh, that's Captain America's that's event. Captain America centric, or at least we think it's Captain oh, America centric, because okay. it has the shield there and the logo. But they released all these cryptic slogans for the event the secret empire will amaze you the secret empire will avenge you it will champion you it will defend you it will guard you we live in exciting times so it's pointing in the direction that this is going to be a much larger crossover event between amazing spider-man the guardians of the galaxy the champions avengers and all this so i'm really interested to see what they're going to do here i feel like this is going to be the culmination of the steve rogers hydra arc Mm -hmm. and we're going to have whatever secret empire is going to come out of whatever he forms post hydra or post red skull right so I'm cool. thoroughly interested by this. Like I know I've I've said here the last couple of weeks <laughs> that I hate events yeah. or not hate events, but that I'm a bit event fatigued. Yeah. But this has got me intrigued because of it's a, a Steve Rogers centric storyline. I think it's going to get towards the end of the Steve Rogers arc because the Secret Empire is actually it's a one of these offshoots of Hydra from way back when. So there is some history with the Secret Empire type sect of hydra right so it might tie in a bit of that and they have a leader called the number one and cool. so it, it, it might integrate some of that so i'm a bit curious if they'll go back and tie in that steve rogers starts his offshoot called right. the secret empire and he brings in whomever and and creates almost like his own hydra-esque Shield. type empire right <laughs> yeah. yeah is um is this common does captain america often get his own event every year or is this a new thing for captain america again is um it's new-ish yeah. like he does have event or crossovers, I would more say, mm-hmm. less than events, mm-hmm. where you do see there's some Winter Soldier stuff from the past, and you do see him heavily involved in a lot of the Avengers stuff. Like, yeah. Standoff, he's quite heavily involved right. in, and a lot of his book, or the Steve Rogers book, actually spun out of that. Right. So you do and see Civil him involved. he's pretty yeah. heavily involved in. Yeah. yeah, so he seems to be one of the pivotal characters in a lot of these big events, but yeah. having a Steve Rogers-centric event is, is something new, different, and I'm kind of looking forward to it, actually. Nice. Nice. Do you know how well the Captain America comic book sells now? Like, is it, like, up there, top ten? You you know, you always see those lists, top ten. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, if I'm going to peg a couple big comic books at more right now, you get a lot of the event stuff. Mm -hmm. The Miles Morales and Spider-Man stuff's pretty big. The Iron Man stuff's pretty big. But because they go through these ebbs and flows of number one so often, Mm -hmm. these peaks and valleys with putting out books, it's hard to get a gauge on individual books because they never last that long, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the longevity of a book, by the time you get to issue 10, that's maybe when a lot of the numbers have dropped off or at least it's plateaued at, say, 50 to 30,000 copies sold per release yeah whereas you number ones and twos always peak out at like a hundred thousand right or whatever yeah so it's hard to gauge on that i don't really look that much at the statistics of comic book sales though okay yeah i kind of like looked i've been interested to see the last couple months i have no idea how it's doing but uh i was just curious yeah because you always see like the the tops are always the batmans the spider-man deadpool now deadpool yeah yeah. he's been all the recent like gwenpool and like all these characters too walking dead yeah Yeah. that's right so yeah 
Let's jump into some TV and film news here. Woo! So we're going to start off with Star Wars, our favorite, everyone's favorite. Dun, Sanjay, dun, he's got it. Star Wars. Someday I'm going to buy you a Funko Pop, <laughs> a little bit of Black Series, <laughs> get you deep. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Okay, I'll start you know, reading some Star Wars comics and getting some Funkos as soon as you start getting some DC Funkos and some DC I have a Batman comics. Funko in here somewhere. somewhere around here. Somewhere. It's an urban legend. It's in a box somewhere. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but last week we talked about Woody Harrelson for a role in Han Solo, mm-hmm. and there was speculation that he was close to signing a deal. And he did confirm, and Disney did confirm as Lucasfilm, that he is in fact signed on to be a part of the Han Solo film. We speculated last week a bit about who he could be, whether he's going to be the villain. He did confirm that he was going to be a mentor of sorts and also a criminal. So it's interesting. It's starting to see this idea of where Han Solo is going to learn his smuggling ways, his right. pirating ways from. And I I expressed a little bit of doubt in Woody Harrelson because I don't think I can see anything but Woody Harrelson in this role. (laughs) But one of the members from the Source Commonwealth ads, he did point out and made a comparison to Hondo. Right. And that kind of got me intrigued, got me a little bit more Mm -hmm. on board. I'm not sure if that's who he's going to be portraying. I think it's going to be either a completely new character or a take on an old Han Solo Legends character. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm a little more on board than I was last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard actually, I think when, they, when he signed the deal, I think he didn't mention there was no makeup. There's no makeup okay. behind this character. So I guess the Hondu's uh, out. out, but that would have <laughs> been cool. But I was kind of thinking, I mean, I doubt it's going to be possible, but Dash Vendor. If we could get this character to play Dash Vendor and he would be the mentor figure for Han Solo, I mean, you'd have to change the character a little bit, but that'd be a cool one to bring him in because um, Dash Vendor was kind of similar to Han Solo in the Legends there. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's a little cooler, in my opinion. Um, I, I think I must see his Jabba, though. I think you got to see yeah. Jabba in this movie. Have to. We haven't seen him since, jeez, since uh, Attack of the Clones. Because he wasn't in Revenge of the Sith, so we haven't seen Jabba in Was he in Attack of the Clones or was not a Phantom Menace? I know he's in Phantom Menace, but I think he's in Attack... Oh, no, yeah, I guess it was just Phantom Menace. Yeah, he's... he stands up on the... Where they before the pod races. Yeah, see, I got that scene mixed up with uh, Genosis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so we haven't seen him for years. Yeah. Well, so I think it makes sense to see this guy in a Han Solo film. Jabba. Yeah. Jabba the Hutt? Jabba the Hutt, for sure. He'll probably be slim, too, because he's pretty slim yeah. in A New Hope. What? Yeah. He's really you know, slim. You know who Jabba the Hutt is. He's that guy, like on your poster. Yeah. The big fat guy. Oh, yeah. 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 And he's, he's, he's slim? Yeah, if you go back to uh, New Hope, yeah. uh, the original New Hope, he's actually just a human with like some furry. Yeah, well, that scene was not in the original New Hope. It was that was a, a scene they put back in in the special editions. So that was filmed with the idea that they were going to replace the human figure with some sort of. So when you watch New Hope, River, what happens with that scene? He's not there. So that original scene isn't there. Oh, it skips from whatever scenes before. It, I can't remember. Oh, so you from, never actually see Jabba yeah, in that? No, from oh. the skips from the bar to them getting on the ship. Or oh, so there's okay. no interaction there. So they added right. that back in with the special editions. But we was, see that in the special editions. Yeah, so they filmed the it and they replaced the human nice. with the Jabba figure, right? right. So yeah. that that actor isn't actually in. There. Oh, because that's what I wonder. Like, how is he human in episode four? <laughs> and then he's, he's huge. I was yeah. so confused. Okay. I was like, "What's going on yeah, here?" That's no. awesome. Yeah. So they did that little creative scene too, because Han Solo walks behind him. Yeah. But they're like, "Well, we have to make him step on his tail," and they yeah. animate him to react yeah. to that. So, so cool. the, the first appearance of Jabba is in '83 with Return of the Jedi, right? And then they went back in '97 or whatever, smaller, and you know, made him into. And they've they've updated that animation recently too, so it looks pretty crappy the first the iteration first, of it yeah. but it gets better and better as you go along yeah, and that's right. it's a scene it's a weird scene because greedo's kind of in the background but he's actually dead dead yeah, yeah so it's weird but <laughs> i think do you think we're gonna see boba fett pop up in this movie i think so it's hard to say i mean maybe if they're if they're still trying to you know get this this boba fett movie on then maybe maybe they will put him in there and see how people react to him and they're like okay this guy's a hit let's make a movie maybe not i'd actually rather not see boba fett though in this movie, Jabba, I'm down with. Dash Vendor, obviously, I'm down with. But I'd rather not see Boba. I'm just not the biggest Boba Fett no. guy, though. Well, they can go really two ways with this Han Solo movie. They can tell and fill in a lot of the gaps of the Han Solo story, like the life debt with Chewie, yes. his issues with Jabba, and all these type of stories. Or they can do something completely original and nod at a few of those things. Yeah. Like, it's either focus in on what we're trying to backfill, like they did with Rogue One. Like, we have a specific story that we know exists, and we have an end game here. Mm-hmm. Or they can just fill those in and nod. I'm much more of the, let's nod at the wider universe what's happened in the past mm-hmm. or what's happened actually in the future and that's not at it in the past because i think there's a lot you can do here and because it's rumored to have been set 10 years before a new hope there's room there for multiple movies 
10 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So would you like to see more movies in this universe then for a Han Solo film? I don't know. Let's see how the first one goes. Yeah. And I think if it's a lot of fun yeah. and if, again, it comes down to this idea that it's a completely different movie. Empire's not the man antagonist. And yeah. if they can throw in some of these characters, they can develop a bit of Han. And I like the idea of Donald Glover playing Lando. I love that. And Woody Harrelson I'm a bit more on board with. Mm-hmm. Still not fully there. But I think there's a lot they can do in this universe without having the Empire as a man antagonist. Like, they can really grow this universe. They can have Han Solo going to different planets. Yeah. Smoking. Space pirates. Yeah, you can yeah. throw in guys like IG-88 or Bosk or whatever. People yeah. that he can interact with on a smuggler's level. And it could be a lot of fun. Could it be a lot of fun to explore different avenues of the Star Wars universe, the seedy part, the corners, the bars, and all that. Like I think that could be a lot of fun. That's true. And I guess you could get Boba Fett before he's even wearing like the Mandalorian armor. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And speaking of cameos in the Han Solo movie, the actor Diego Luna, who plays Cassian Andor in Rogue One, he was Mm -hmm. asked at the Golden Globes last week or whenever they were about him potentially appearing in the Han Solo movie, and he was very cagey with his answer. What are your thoughts about a Rogue One characters appearing in a Han Solo movie? Again, taking place right. somewhere between, let's say, five and ten years before Rogue One. I would say I'd love to see Chirrut, obviously. Yeah. But then that would take away a little bit from the Han Solo film. Because then you're, you're kind of walking more into that, that Jedi, Guardians of the Will path. And you're kind of taken away from the smaller uh, scale movie, right? Yeah. But, um yeah, I don't know. Cassian would be cool, but I think he's like an informant too, right? So he'd yeah. probably be, again, very heavy, heavily involved with the, uh, the Imperials. Yeah. So it just depends where they where they want to take this story. Yeah, out yeah. of any character from that film, I think he makes the most sense. Like, mm-hmm. he's the guy that's in the background, in the gray area, in the mm-hmm. CD bars, trying to find information. He'd be quite a bit younger. Yeah. I, I really don't know when this movie's going to be set, but right. I think out of any character he's the most appropriate but I think it's fine to leave them and not really nod at every single aspect in the universe I think there's a lot of Han Solo story to tell and I think they should really focus in on that like if they want to do cool cameos or have like a K2SO Imperial droid in the background or right. something to or that effect. Or mentioned, you know, uh, Saw Gerrera, like that guy's a crazy extreme Yeah, exactly. Or something yeah. like that would be cool. Yeah. So, because there's a lot of scenes even in Catalyst with the smugglers and that where they have this band, this crew that gets oh, together to run things, right? Yeah, like, uh, or, was it o- Otis? Or? Obit. 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 Yeah. That's somebody I'd love to see pop. Yeah. Oh, man. From That's Catalyst. what I want. Yeah. yeah. So, it'd be cool to see a lot of these type of characters mm-hmm. that you could organically put into the movie. I think yeah. Rebels is appropriate area to have your Rogue One cameos. Yeah. Like, that makes the most sense. Definitely. And last thing with Star Wars here. So, they put out a statement on their website. They're addressing some of the rumors and the speculation that was going around about Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia and what they were going to do. There's lots of rumors, and we speculated a bit last week, uncomfortably speculated, (laughs) what they were going to do with the character in Episode 8, in Episode 9. There's rumors that the brain trust of Lucasfilm was going to meet to decide the future of princess leia and her character in the star wars universe going forward and they put out a statement it's an interesting statement and it reads we don't normally respond to fan or press speculation but there's rumors circulating that we'd like to address we want to assure fans that lucasfilm has no plans to digitally recreate carrie fisher's performance as princess or general leia organa and it's an interesting statement and it's a very nice statement i think to put out to quash these rumors like they're not ones to respond to any rumors they like the speculation they like to keep people guessing but they're very pointed in saying look guys this is not happening out of respect for Carrie Fisher we're putting out this statement and I think it was a good move on Lucasfilm's part but one thing it does do is you know could it change the trajectory of her character because that was the thing we speculated on I don't really want to get into this any more deeper but like that's something I think for the future when this is all soaked in and we've had time to think about this marinating mm-hmm. on a little bit. And I think we'll come back to this discussion, but I just wanted to put out there that yeah. I think that it was a really good thing that Lucasfilm did, putting that out there, respecting potentially the wishes of her family yeah. to just put this to bed, put this to rest, and they'll address this further down the road. Of course, they have to deal with this directly, Lucasfilm, because of the movie coming out next December, but there's yeah. still quite a bit of time to work through some of these issues and work through some of the story arcs that could potentially lead us down the path of having a, a Leia story that is worthy of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I think it's the right move. Um, it's difficult to talk about. Like, yeah. It's, it's still a little... It, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Carrie Fisher, you know, um, she's bringing in a personal experience. Uh, she came to the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo a number of years ago now. I don't even remember how long it was. And uh, it was one of the first years I volunteered and I was working in the back and I just see her come in and she's with her uh, handlers that's with her and you know she's just she had this like presence about her that you know at the time I was just getting into comics I never saw a single Star Wars movie at the time and I just recognized like the importance of this moment like I just took a second and just be like oh that's 
you know, that's Princess Leia. Like, even though I'd never seen Star Wars, I still knew, like, oh, that's Carrie Fisher, that's Princess Leia. And it was just a cool, surreal moment just to see her walk in. And she was super nice, super friendly, and just an excellent experience. Um, you know, I'm just glad that I uh, got to see her at the Comic Expo, and it's something that I'll be telling, like, uh, my kids about and telling you guys about because it was a pretty cool moment and uh, Very cool. something that I'll probably never forget, even though I had never even seen a Star Wars movie, so... Yeah, it's nice yeah. to have that moment. It's something yeah. you can capture, right? Yeah, it's true. All right, guys, let's let's step over to DC film. My favorite topic always. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the, the DC weekly DC segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is DC up to this week? <laughs> <laughs> this week's actually been a really good week, I think, for the DC cinematic universe. It can't be much worse than the week before that. <laughs> or the week before that one. <laughs> yeah. I quickly want to get your thoughts here, very briefly, because I know you could go on for days about this, about the Justice League photo. Troy and I discussed this last week, Okay, and we thought it was a miss. Yes. Do you think this was a hit? I did, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool uh, seeing them together, and they left out Superman, so I really thought that was kind of cool. Keep you guessing, how is he going to come back, or is he even going to come oh, back? Oh, he's coming back. We all know he's yeah, coming back. Yeah, but we don't know if he's going to be good or bad. He's yeah. not with the team. Yeah. So I, I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. Um, someone who's been reading the comic books for five, six years, I mean... I like it. I dug it. Uh, I could totally see how you think it was a miss, but I think it's just like they're not giving us too much right now. You know, they're just wetting our appetite. This isn't like the Avengers shot where, you know, they're in New York and they do the 360 cam. That's what we wanted. Yeah, I know, but they haven't released the trailer yet. They're going to wait for the trailer. You know, give them time. They haven't, I mean, with Batman v Superman, what was the problem? They gave us too much. And now they're kind of pulling back a bit and like keeping you in suspense, keeping you hungry. You gotta remember, this movie's like 10, 11 months away. Like, it's still a long time away. Yeah. They did put out a teaser for Infinity War like four years before they announced it. <laughs> Infinity War? Yeah. Yeah. yeah really? They've got two, two teasers out for it. It's just a compilation of old scenes on that because they do have the, uh, the backlog okay. and they did that one scene with Thanos with the Infinity War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all I'm saying is <laughs> it can be done. We'll get into Infinity War later. <laughs> but Wonder Woman, she, I think, was the biggest mystery in that photo. But they did confirm this week for her film, finally, we've speculated on this before, that Ares is, in fact, the main villain for this film. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. I mean, she's kind of Wonder Woman's big bad. You could have went with Cheetah. Um, that's kind of like her other arch nemesis. But I think Ares is a much better choice, especially because it's World War One and... You know, it just fits so perfectly, and I'm kind of interesting to see what kind of form we'll get of Ares. I mean, from the trailer, we've seen this human general um, played by, I think, Danny Houston is his He's name? definitely Ares. Oh, for sure, but, like, is that his final form? People are speculating online that he might actually turn into the godlike Ares you see in the comics That's with, like, I I think you will get the that. Spartan yeah, helmet, to. the horns, the mohawk. He kind of yeah. looks like 300. As exactly. long as they go practical with it. If he goes mm-hmm. into some crazy, massive, like muscled up CG looking dude like cannot do this has to be grounded in whatever reality they're producing in that film see I think they should go the Age of Ultron route where he's kind of like the mocap but he's bigger like he's not like six feet he's like nine feet tall give him like this presence like this is the god of war you know, give him some, like, intimidation factor. The actor, you know, he doesn't really intimidate me as much no. as, like, you know, in Age of Ultron, when you had the Ultron guy and the robot, and he's towering over yeah. Captain America, he's towering over Iron Man. Like, that's intimidating, and I think they should go with that, but not the full Doomsday route where it's, like, no. full CGI. That, that's all I can picture right now. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's Doomsday in Ares form. That would be yeah. a Doomsday scenario. Or <laughs> even uh, the Injustice, the, the video game Injustice, yeah. Ares is handled well. He looks great in that I, i'm a, ma- a fan again going back to the new 52 aries uh when he's like the old man but yeah when you go back in time you see how he used to handle things handle his business um yeah. it's unfortunate because i really want sean bean to play <laughs> i think he's the better actor and i think he has the better fit the better look yeah for that character he definitely so. has that gravitas to him to for be sure. oh, a for Greek sure. god yeah absolutely right yeah i'm, I'm curious what do you guys think the marketing is going to be for this film are we going to get like the BVS, like everything, t-shirts, action figures, comics. Or are we going to get like the X-Men where it's just like a brief one or two things? I think it's going to be much like the individualized movies for Marvel. So the Avengers, the big event movies, you get everything from Dr. Pepper to Doritos to like everything. Yeah. It's, it's plastered everywhere. But I think this is going to be much like the Captain America movies where you have one tie-in. Like you get like a Pepsi tie-in or a cereal box tie-in or something to that effect. You probably won't see even much at the food shops or whatever like there's not going to be i don't think that heavy presence of advertising with the exception of probably you're gonna get a few more comic book runs you can get the t-shirts of course you can get the action figures and all that they're gonna be all across the aisles and walmarts but i think it's gonna be pretty minimal 
Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a big push. I think they need think to. So? Yeah, for, yeah, for Wonder Woman, I think they really have to push. There's a lot riding on this one. Yeah. Especially because you have to think this movie has to do so well because it has to get everybody else's butts in the seats for Justice League. Yeah. So it's more than just getting people ready for Wonder Woman. It's getting people ready for the Justice League film. So I think you really got to go all out. It yeah. just has to do well movie. enough to get people encouraged and excited about that universe. Like yeah. that's, I think that's all it has to do. I don't think it has to break the bank. Yeah. I don't think it has to produce masses amount of marketing and, mm-hmm. and merchandising. It just has to do well yeah. for the general audience. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd like to see a big push because, I mean, you look at... This is the first female-led yeah. superhero film in, like, 10 years. Last one was, like, what, Catwoman? Electra, maybe. Electra, yeah. yeah. So it's been a while. I mean, and you look at the Ghostbusters films. They didn't have a lot of marketing for that film, and that was a female-led uh, movie. So yeah. I really want to see, you know, DC really push us hard because I think this has potential. I think the marketing alone could bring in, like, $100, 200000000 million because yeah. Wonder Woman's huge. She's the most iconic female superhero of all time. Hands down. And look at the marketing team behind Deadpool. Yeah. Like that marketing saved that movie. But that was oh, guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Right? yeah. That was billboards. That was oh, good yeah. TV they spots. Yeah. They integrated into Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Into yeah. Present. All the, like, they, they really took a different approach to mm-hmm. marketing. And maybe Wonder Woman needs to find their niche and do that. Because Deadpool do. really hit at something different. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. If you do your pepsi cans and you're just gonna i think they need to play a bit to the fact that she is if this is a female-led superhero movie mm-hmm. and play to that a bit more and she's a greek goddess and and all this aspect but it's going to be hard to market something that spans three eras like exactly. you look at there was no marketing for the first avenger right mm-hmm. none nothing no. nothing for the first store like you do get some tie-ins here and there but very minimal marketing because these single movies need to be about producing good movies good mm-hmm. origin stories and kicking off a franchise they can't really be focused in on let's just splatter this right. everywhere they got to get a good product out first yeah. to you that's yeah. the thing with yeah. uh, the marvel cinematic universe they're, they're off to a great start whereas the dc universe well, isn't in the best was it hands. really a great start i mean we'll get into this with the mcu but iron man <laughs> one was great but the other four or five that came after yeah. it they I, admittedly they did suffer from universe building but the first one in the majority yeah. of these yeah. franchises were really well done oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like, like you do have that suffering from franchise building and i think wonder woman out of any film in the dc cinematic universe will suffer the least from universe building because it's a bit offset like Captain America was, right? Yeah, You can tell your own story in a different era and then just tie in at the end to the larger universe. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with Wonder Woman coming out, um, we all know Gal Gadot's pregnant, so they're actually doing a little bit of pre-press right now. So she's doing some interviews to promote the film, and then they'll air them in June. So they've already began promoting the film. So Cool. Nice. Yeah, long lead time, so that could be a good thing or... Yeah. I, I hope it's a good thing. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, she Definitely. can't do press when she's... I think she's, like, due around the time the film comes out. So okay. it makes sense. So, you know, she's doing the interviews now, and we'll see him in June. Speaking about long lead times, our boy The Rock, who I'm behind in every project that he produces. <laughs> if you smell <laughs> what The Rock is cooking. But our boy The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, was with the DC Brain Trust this past week, talking Black Adam. He sent a picture out as Instagram, and he's talking about how fun and how charismatic this character is going to be. But this character isn't due out until 2020 <laughs> or something, right? Uh, yeah. 2019. 2019? Yeah. They need to get Rock into a DC film now. Yeah. I think... Okay, so 2018, here's my theory. Flash, no director yet. Who knows what's happening with that? Aquaman's scheduled to come out in October. Well, I think Cyborg, too. Cyborg's in, like, Cyborg's 2020. Yeah. I've heard zero about that movie. Yeah, I've heard nothing about that. Yeah. But I think Aquaman's going to take Flash a spot in April, and I think they're going to move Shazam up to October for next yeah. year. They need, they they need to. they got to speed that up. Yeah, they got to get Rock out there. He is at his peak yeah. right now. He needs it. Like, uh, Fast and Furious. He, like, boomed that franchise, right? When's um, Man of Steel 2 coming out? Who um, knows? Because... That would be a cool thing to see Black Adam in there. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's the rumor, yeah. Yeah, that you could have Superman. him against Superman. Yeah, they almost need to have him in another movie and then spin that off as some... Like, is Black yeah. Adam an anti-hero? Yeah, Black Adam. So his origin story is, I think he was an Egyptian uh, peasant, and then he got these, like, powers kind of like Shazam, and he's been alive for, like, a 1,000 or 2,000 years. He was, like, Iris or something like that? Or... Uh, Isis. Isis. Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. think they'll change it for the movie. Yes, yes. Probably. definitely. definitely. <laughs> Maybe they'll change it to Iris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a Scorpion King character in a yeah. way. Hopefully okay. he's done a lot better than the Scorpion oh, King God. movie. No CG. Yeah. But who the heck's going to be Shazam? Like, that's the big question still. I've heard a couple of actors. Um, do they need a Shazam, though? Can they not just do Black Adam? I think they you need, need a Shazam. Shazam. Yeah, sure. Oh, I sure. Yeah. Like, I literally have no background. <laughs> but I figure you put Rock into a film like that, mm-hmm. you need to have him as the character. 
Like, he can't be playing second fiddle to yeah. a Shazam or whatever in a movie. And, unless you did do something where you go way back with Shazam and you explain his origin story where he was kind of started off as a good guy, right? You, yeah. you could kind of go that route, but there'd be no Batman, no Superman, there'd be none of those characters. It'd be him way back in the Egyptian mm. time. Oh, that's true. I, I want yeah. him to be kind of like Loki is in the MCU, where he pops up in the Thor movie and then he's kind of the big bad in Avengers. For Justice League 2 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, have him like kind of defeat Shazam and defeat Superman at the end of Shazam and then Justice League 2 is Black Adam and his... I don't know, his Chitari. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, speaking about Chitari, uh, invasions, <laughs> Green Lantern. I am killing the segues right now. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it, Tim. <laughs> Do we all say the Green Lantern oath? Do we all know it? No. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's light beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Because the last movie was a fright. <laughs> oh! Uh, yeah. well, the comics have been awesome. They have been, yes. Well, they have a new writer for this film. David S. Goyer. Yeah. Writer of the Dark Knight trilogy. Man of Steel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. So <laughs> this guy's got some depth. Yeah, I like Can it. he bring that style of writing that he brought to the Dark Knight trilogy into Green Lantern? Like, is this the right guy? Or should they go with someone different, someone new? I think it depends on the director. If you look at some of his uh, movies, like with The Dark Knight, uh, he had Christopher Nolan, and Christopher Nolan and him wrote the script for The Dark Knight. Um, and then he worked on Man of Steel, which was uh, less well-received, but, I mean, we all love it here. Produced by Christopher Produced Nolan. by Christopher so there's, Nolan. There's your commonality. Yeah, there. so if Christopher Nolan's making Green Lantern, I'm 100% in. <laughs> but they don't even need, like, they need someone that's good, that can do good sci-fi. George Miller. Is it George, George yeah, Miller. Yeah, George Miller did Mad Max, right? Yeah, something like that would yeah. be really cool. Um, it, I think it all depends on the director, but here's the thing. Jeff Johns wrote, like, the story and the outline of the story, and he's probably the best Green Lantern writer ever. So. But he worked on the last Green Lantern movie too and that was the Learning one pains. Of the worst. Learning pains. <laughs> the <one of> the <laughs> <worst movies. laughs> Learning pains here. <laughs> you know, it actually didn't perform too bad at the box office. Yeah, but it, but it seems almost, horrible. <laughs> and almost killed Ryan Reynolds' career. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. But it's good that they've got this at least moving forward. There seem to be kind of stop start with some of these other projects. Mm-hmm. This one seems to be getting a bit more attention lately. It's not due out till 2020, but seem to be building this one up a bit more. I think they're thinking along the lines of Guardians. Like we've said this before. Yeah. yeah. This is the direction they should go with it. And it appears they're going to have more than one human Green Lantern. John, yeah. Stewart John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. Yeah. They have to have those so, two. That's pretty cool. They're going to go down yeah. that path. Mm-hmm. And there's been people campaigning for those roles. And I think this is another team that they need to get going sooner rather than later. Have a really small cameo in Justice League or something to that effect. They have to. I think we mentioned this before. Like Having one of those characters fall out from yeah. space and land. Yeah. And that's my dream. the battle yeah. in Justice League. Boom. He's just like battle tested. And he's like... Dark side's coming. Yeah. All right. That's where yeah. you go. Who's you, who you're fan casting for the two Green Lantern roles? Um, I, I know Tyrese really wants to be Jack Tyrese Stewart. really wants it, but I really want... I don't want him in No. There. I want Idris no. Elba. I want Idris, but it's not going to happen. Too he's tied with Marvel, too, right? But he, he can do it. I mean, the guy who the, did... Uh, they need franchise guys. Like, Idris yeah. Elba, is, like, he's going to be the next James Bond, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Might be uh, Tom Hiddleston, actually. I heard Tom Hardy. Too. Yeah. Oh, I don't want with, that. With uh, Christopher Nolan writing and directing... Really? Yeah, that's what I heard today. Oh, I don't one, know. Like, I have zero toys. sources. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my prediction, Idris Elba for Jon Stewart. Or maybe they'll take Jon Stewart as Jon Stewart. No. Uh, Idris Elba for Jon Stewart. And then um, Jim from The Office as Hal Jordan. That guy's been screaming for a superhero role since they cast Captain America. He was this close from being Captain <laughs> America. So he was really good in, what is it, 13 Hours? With the Michael Bay movie yeah. about the Benghazi attack. Oh, okay. He's yeah. really good in that, and he's freaking jacked in that. Like, he he fits that archetype of a superhero character. Like, I just still can't get past his portrayal of Jim yeah. on the office. Like, yeah. this yeah. goofy, like, slacker dude, right? Yeah. Like, but he's really good in that film. Oh, yeah. I, I think if you wanted a more serious approach to uh, Hal Jordan getting away from the last Green Lantern, you could go um, Army Hammer from the Social Network. Oh. And Lone Ranger. I think that would be kind of a cool fix, especially because he was meant to be Batman way back when they tried doing the, like, the young Justice League movie way back when they're doing that. The yeah. Nolan franchise, so I think Army Hammer could be pretty cool, and he's at the right age. Yeah, do it. he yeah. Uh, liked the tweet that Jeff Johns put out, so you know, you never know. Oh yeah, yeah. Just liking tweets, getting <laughs> game rolls like that, eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> he liked my tweet. <laughs> <You're in. laughs> you get a job, and, and you, you get, get a job, job. <laughs> and you get a job. Speaking about new actors in cinematic universe, Marvel Infinity War is coming soon. Peter Dinklage is being rumored to have a role in Infinity War. 
And it's been lots of speculation. The first character that comes to mind for me, <laughs> and I, I don't mean to do this, it's just his stature. He's a great actor and all that, but is Pip the Troll. So Pip the Troll is an ally of Adam Warlock, and he ties really well into the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. He's he's a crucial part of the Jim Starlin era Thanos stories. Like even going back to Thanos vs. Hulk, which was a comic book run that they'd done more recently, he was in that. But who else do you think Peter Dinklage could be in Infinity War? Anyone? Um, I, I heard an idea thrown out on the interwebs. Uh, the Watcher. Yeah? Yeah. You know, someone? Stan Lee. <laughs> That's what I've been hearing, too, is the Stan Lee. Yeah. Because he's been in every other yeah. Marvel cinematic I love that. outside that's of the, the studio. Best fan yeah, theory That's ever. pretty yeah, cool. That's and pretty I think cool. they should just leave that. Just honor that. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, what if they bring him back as uh, Bolivar Trask and uh, bring the X-Men so, in? Yeah. yeah. Cross those universes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Break, the, break the theaters. I don't know. Yeah, I got, I got nothing for this no. one. I really don't know. So there, there's Puck, who is his original rumored character in the X-Men universe, part mm-hmm. of Alpha Flight. Oh, okay. So he's a Canadian character. But again, that plays into a stature. Like when he was first cast in X-Men Days of Future Past, everyone played out to the idea that because of his stature and that, that he's going to be playing Puck or some character like that. And he ended up playing Bulver Trask. Right. So they could be doing something sideways in this again. Because Pip the Troll is literally this this troll that just chews a cigar. And like he, he's a really cool character. Mm-hmm. But another rumor was that he potentially be playing Modok. Okay, yeah, see, Modok. Oh, okay. A little more sensitive. So I just, just know they had the rights to Modok. Yeah, I believe they do, okay, yeah. So okay. it's just a head. Yeah. And, <laughs> and a voice, right? Yeah. Like, the Russo brothers, they brought Artem Zola to life. And they like, did that so well. Everyone thought, like, what are they, they can't do they this. Can't do but it. Yeah. it was awesome how they did it. Yeah. So if anyone can put Modok on the screen, it's the Russo That's brothers. That's true. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting they're going to cast in, like, apparently it's a, it's a, it's a good solid role they're going to be casting for so mm-hmm. i'm interested to see and this is going to start filming very soon apparently within the next couple of weeks if not already nice did you guys uh hear the budget for this film it's not like half a billion dollars i heard it was like a billion well i think that was for, for the, the part yeah. one and two part one and part two, one and yeah. two. Yeah. I think that's yeah. all in though. that's it, insane it, it makes sense though right i mean if, if you think about it um look at the the actors they have that right. they have to pay and then also the fact that filming them around other scheduled things you have to pay them more to keep them on set longer yeah. like it kind of makes sense and then we put into uh, account marketing yeah. marketing and this thing's going to be double double yeah it's going to be huge it's i mean be marketing the for amazing film. spider-man 2 was 200 million yeah this is, this is avengers so god knows how big that's going to be this is going to be the biggest film of our time it i think be. this will maybe even dwarf or not dwarf but surpass the force awakens in terms of like so. hype and stuff, this has been. Oof. They've been building this for a long time, but yeah. there's a lot to be said about ten year absence from Star Wars from the cinemas. That's true. With the Force yeah. Awakens, yeah, and, and there's even uh, I hate to say, it, but Avatar that could even still come back and yeah, I think that franchise is dead. I, I think so, but I mean, I don't know. We have to see where it plays out because that's coming out next year as well, right? I don't Avatar. know. Like I, I have it keeps no getting idea. pushed back, but pushing it. they like, want to compete with. Uh, Star Wars in, in the December. There's no oh, way. I know. Yeah. No way that's but happen. all-time selling movie, right? Okay, okay, Tim. If Avatar comes out in December and Star Wars comes out in December, if Avatar beats Star Wars, you have to do the podcast the following week all in blue paint. Done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely won't be Star Wars, but it'd put a dent. Like, you don't want to go up against Star Wars, and I don't think Star Wars wants to go up against that because either way, they're losing money, right? Yeah. So, I think Star Wars stands their ground. They stay their ground, but you, you definitely lose some money. If you're going oh, against yeah, Avatar, sure. something yeah. that big. But yeah. like those, they're not dumb, the studios. Yeah. Like they're exactly. just going to say like, look, yeah. okay, we're going to go into January a few weeks yeah. here and have our own weekend. Exactly. Yeah. And, Same January. It, it's, yeah. it's too far. Like yeah. Avatar's waited too long they to have. come back, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I saw that film once in theaters. Yeah. I have it somewhere in here, <laughs> 3D Blu-ray. Yeah. I've yeah. never opened it. It's in it. the package for me. Yeah. Still yeah. in the package. Yeah. I think I've seen it once on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this cast for though Infinity War is insane. I mean, yeah. we got Guardians, we got like Iron Man, Captain America, well, Spider Man now too. Spider Man. They're confirming people like Gamora, Drax, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Rocket, like all these characters, right? And even with that large of a cast, they seem to be having scheduling issues because they just announced or they just reports are coming out that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to have a stand-in for the majority of the filming, and then they'll just flip around and do his close-up shots. Exactly. Ooh. So it'll be another actor kind of while well, they're running away and doing yeah. the thing. So yeah. there's speculation that his role might not be as big as we originally thought. Cause mm-hmm. I think Dr. Strange should have a larger role. And maybe that larger role will come in whatever part two yeah. or Avengers four is going to be the continuation of this larger arc. Yeah. This yeah. Finishing arc for the infinity war saga. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you guys concerned about that? I mean, are you concerned about how large of a cast this is going to be? I mean, are we, we going to get like, I mean, if anyone can pull it off, it's the Russo for brothers, sure. it's Marvel. 
I mean, we all know that they have a pretty spotless record, but I mean, everyone's due for a hiccup here, here and there, right? Yeah. I don't think this is the film they're going to hiccup on. You know, like, I think that they have enough people in place to make sure this goes smoothly. Like James Gunn's now attached as a producer on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. To take care of the Guardians aspect of it. Oh, to yeah. make sure that those characters are going into the movie come out on the better end of it, right? So that he has a story to tell in Guardians Galaxy Volume 3 or the eventuality that we're going to get of that, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I think there's a, there's a lot of these moving pieces and they've been thinking about this for years. Yeah, so yeah. it's been like engineering it for yeah. years and years now. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be handled with uh, a lot of care there. Yeah. And, and the Russo Brothers, they handle such a big ensemble so well. They've, been, yeah. they've proven it over and so over again. So we're probably doubling the size of Civil War as far as cast-wise. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's going to be pocket storytelling. Like, yeah. I don't think you're going to see all of these rumored 64-plus characters right. they had to choose from in the first movie. I think there's going to be the Secret Avengers or Iron Man's Avengers coming into this and they're going to have something completely different at the end. Like, I think we're going to get one of those massive battles, but it's not going to happen until Avengers 4 would be my guess. This movie is going to be Empire Strikes Back. It's going to end on a really down note with yeah. Thanos planting a flag in the middle of Washington, D.C. and saying, this planet's mine. Yeah, That'd be super cool. Like, I think that's how it's going to end. But there's a lot to be said for the Russo brothers, what they've done. They have, they've given us no reason to doubt them here. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I hope they pull it off. If anyone can pull it off, it's them. If they do, hey, hats off to them. I want to see great movies. It's just, you know, I'm... 99% excited, 1% tipid, you know, like dipping my toe in the cold water just because of how large. I don't think we've seen a film this large in cinematic history. No. Big undertaking. And, and the thing is, like, then where do you go after? Yeah. You know, like, when you get to uh, Avengers 5, what do you, yeah. what do, you do? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Phase 4. Yeah, Phase 4. Yeah. Bring Kang or Galactus. Yeah. Speaking of assembling a crew, and to finish off our, our whole news episode here, we have the Defenders coming together this year. They're filming this right now, and they put out their first look at the Defenders assembling together. Here, There's a big Entertainment Weekly photo shoot. They showed a bunch of cool images, the behind the scenes, and this is looking really cool. Like, when I first saw the photo, I thought, okay, this looks a bit Photoshopped, but it looks, I guess, it's more of the background. They were on set together here. We've got Luke Cage in his yellow shirt, Classic. Jessica Jones, Iron Fist is looking like he's going to have a big part of this. I'm so much more excited for the Defenders right now than I was a week or two ago just because of these images. Like, I think it's really cool that they're doing something on this scale within the Netflix series. Yeah, it's, it's great. Again, Netflix is something else that hasn't really um, failed. I mean, there's been other series I've liked more so than the other, but uh, these guys are just great what they're doing on the, on the small screen and, and building up this hype for our own television Avengers, the Defenders. I just I can't wait for this yeah. to premiere. And it looks like Danny Rand is going to have a huge part about bringing the Defenders together. So there's this little behind-the-scenes footage of them doing this photo shoot. And the actor that plays Danny Rand had a really specific and a really interesting quote. He said, Danny Rand is the one that really knows what's going on. He knows the seriousness of the situation. He's really the one that assembles them. I added that last little bit. That's from a different quote. But apparently it's Iron Fist that brings this group together, which makes me think that the Iron Fist series is coming out in a couple months or in a month or so is going to have a big pivotal moment where we do lay the groundwork for the Defenders. So I'm thinking a lot more mysticism mm -hmm. in this universe with the hand, with what we saw at the end of Daredevil season two. Like, I think they're going to bring a lot of that into this. Yeah. And that's where the big bad is going to come out. And they did show for the first time Sigourney Weaver's character, who apparently is a new creation, someone that's not from the comic books. Now, we've heard that before. Yeah. It's sort of gets a little bit of a curveball, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what comes out of this in the end. Mm -hmm. But it's I love that they're they're getting down this path. They're they're filming this right now, which is awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I I hope we get um, a suit for Iron Fist. I'd, I'd like to see. I don't know how they're gonna pull it off. No, he does yeah. have the tattoo on his. He chest. does have the tattoo there. I mean, yeah. you could even get away with not doing the mask, but just give him kind of like the the green Adidas yeah. the zip up that he's rocking now. You know, you could kind of go that road if you want to. But I think if any series is going to do the costumes and do them well, it's going to be this Defender series. Like, yeah. I think if we're going to see everyone, like Luke Cage in his yellow t-shirt and yeah. all this, like it's going to be in this series. They're going to have had their own individual origin stories. They'll have the opportunity to build up to have suits 
and now it's going to happen. Like, I think we're probably going to get Iron Fist in a similar fashion that we got Daredevil is that the last episode or two is when mm-hmm. he actually gets his costume. He's going to be in some makeshift costume going forward yeah. from the origin story from the first couple episodes, and then we'll eventually get that at the end. I think that's the way to go. Because we've seen in the past, like, Wolverine, they've missed their opportunity to put him into a classic costume. Yeah. Yeah. And I really don't think they can miss that opportunity with these characters here. No. So for someone who's never seen any of the Netflix TV shows, I mean, I know I should watch them. Um, can I just jump into Defenders or do I have to go back and probably have to slog go back. through? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't really know. You could probably jump in and get it. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that you're going to get, like, the full experience of what these characters are because you're going to have, a like... They've had their own individual seasons, and I think particularly with Iron Fist is probably one that you should watch yeah. because I think it's going to lead directly into the Defenders. That that would be my prediction just based off some of these quotes and who I think the bad guy or the villain's going to be. Yeah. So maybe Iron Fist. That's the I think f- Daredevil as well. I think Daredevil one and two is a must. Yeah. To yeah. Watch. And I think they're they're just for pure enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. Even the Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, mm-hmm. like they're awesome series. Like yeah. if you have the opportunity to sit down and watch these before the Defenders comes yeah. out. Like I think it's a it's a real joy and like it's it's really binge worthy of watching and you get a real appreciation for who these characters are. But can you jump into this? I'm gonna say yes ish. Okay. Like okay. I, I wouldn't say that you're gonna get the most out of it, but you'll probably get enough of it that you understand what's going on in the series and you'll get the characters. Like they're they're really well done characters, and I think that will show through in a first-time viewer of The Defenders, but you'd really be doing yourself a disservice not watching some of those yeah. original series, origin series and that. Especially because I think they even said like Misty Knight now is going to appear in The Defenders yeah. and a couple other characters. Yeah, like yeah a lot of crossover characters, characters yeah. as well, yeah. You can have like a lot of these ties like you see in the Marvel Universe, these small characters that show up in each individual film, like your Coulsons and type thing yeah. that yeah. are showing up in your Netflix cinematic universe. Yeah. So. Okay, so how much time do I have to go back and watch all the shows? Is it so, four seasons to get through 10, what they, 10, 11 episodes each piece? Yeah, they're about an and hour when, each. When so. does Defenders come out? Probably in the fall. Okay. So Iron Fist comes out in February, and they're usually about six months apart, and somewhere in there the Punisher series will fall as well. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah, you, oh, yeah, Punisher. you got to watch season two, Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, just, pro- just start yeah. with Daredevil, yeah. season okay. one and season two. Yeah. And then pick up Jessica Jones and Luke Cage after. Like the the Daredevil series are, I think, the best. They're the best ones, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I've and heard that. Yeah, season two is incredible. Like what oh. they do with the Punisher is like off the chains. Yeah, better than Dolph Lundgren. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas I find the other two, like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, they 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 start off strong and then they kind of lose their way a little bit. Oh, At least that's yeah. why I've, I've found. Like them. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Daredevil suffers from the same thing that Luke Cage and Jessica Jones did. Mm-hmm. Is that they could have benefited from having two less episodes. Exactly. Per. Like they seem to stretch out some of the storylines and some yes. of the arcs a bit longer than they needed to, just to fill that ten or eleven episode, or even I don't can't remember it's eight episode that 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 slot. They could have done with a few less episodes. Yeah. Uh, okay. I bet you they're going to release the Defenders right when Justice League comes out, just to be dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah did they, they drop uh, Daredevil? Daredevil before Batman? No, there was there was rumors that they're going to drop uh, them at the same time. But I think Daredevil dropped the weekend before. If I'm, uh, right. I'm okay. trying to think about when we did our reviews because we had to like bang out a Daredevil yeah. review, and then the week after was Batman, yeah. yeah, or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So I bet you they're going to release it sometime around that uh, November time slot. Yeah, they got to be careful they don't step on Thor's feet either, too, oh, right? Oh, yes. So there's a lot of tiptoeing around. I, it'd probably be September, because I think that's when Luke Cage dropped. Um, okay. So I think roughly six months apart, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Just crazy. I was looking at the comic book uh, movie slot, and, like, March is packed now. Like, March used to be dead. But you look at March, you got Logan, you got like, there's like three or four, like every week is like a huge co- or a huge movie coming out. I'm like, when did March become like super packed? When July became yeah <laughs> the way it is now where you can't yeah. make any money. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's insane. It's insane. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be all year round, 52 weeks a year. We're going to get 52 huge movies every week and I'm going to love it. <laughs> So as we close out our conversation here, we've kind of blown through a lot of news. And next week, we do have the Logan trailer dropping, the final Logan trailer, which I'm going to watch. I know I've always said I don't watch trailers, and I broke this numerous times, so I don't even know why I said this <laughs> But I'm going to watch it because, like I said, when we talked about our most anticipated, I'm still not fully convinced on this film. Like I think it's going to be good. They, did a, they cut an awesome trailer. They had some great music. But I need to see this trailer a little more. 
Nice. So yeah. We're going to be talking about that next week because it's rumored to drop on Thursday. And that's presumably if it drops. If it doesn't drop, we're not talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should go a different direction. I mean, you had Johnny Cash's Hurt. They need to do something completely different just to throw people off. Maybe like Aqua's Barbie Girl or something in the background. Just some really odd. Yeah, just to like confuse everyone. Like, what is this movie even about? <laughs> No, I'm looking forward to this movie. I can't wait to see the trailer. Hopefully, we do get it Thursday. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's on my list. Made the 2017 list. The only thing I currently care about is uh, the the young, young yeah, X23. Of course. And we'll yeah. get into all that eventually. This March, we'll be reviewing Logan as it drops. The weekend of release review. If you guys like to comment on anything we talked about, like what, what are you guys enjoying right now in the nerd world as far as comic books, movies, TV? Are you looking forward to the Defenders? What is your comic book pick of the week? You can always grab us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. Hit us up at Twitter at hashtag enter the nerd room or catch our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. You can always comment on our YouTube page as well. All right, guys. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking all the news. I really enjoyed that comic book section. We need to do more of yes. that. Yeah. Pick of the week. Pick I really week. like the comic books. You know, I kind of got away from them for a little bit. I was so far behind and I've slowly, slowly, you know, caught up and it's nice. I mean... I don't know about you guys, but I cut down my list. I was like 10, 12. Like I was, I was going crazy. And I was like, Sanjay, what are you doing? You're not even reading half these. So I'm cut down to six now. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Six. I trim some of the fat. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So until next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you. Whoops. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> I, I know. I know where I stand now. That, that was <laughs> a habit. I'm Tim. No. No, I'm not going to say it anymore now. You already hurt my feelings, Tim. All right. Until next time, I'm Sanjay. <laughs> and thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search the Nerd Room podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.